the Pro Tools Expert podcast with Russ Hughes and James Ivey. Well, good evening and welcome to Pro Tools Expert podcast number 313. It's April the 2nd, 2018. I'm Russ Hughes. I'm James Ivey. I'm Kevin Becker. Hang on a second. That's a new voice. Yep. I just randomly called this number. I don't know how this happened. <laughs> 800, help me. Yes, please. <laughs> well, unfortunately, it got re- relocated to us, got rerouted to us. As you, you rerouted, as you say, on that side. Welcome, Kevin Becker, to yeah, the team you. and to the podcast. Oh, thank you. And, it's uh, a pleasure. It's a pleasure to have you. And I've been watching your videos and learning stuff. Uh, nah, no so. one said anything about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, deals. We don't have any deals this month, but always you can check out the partner deals part of the deals page as well, where our partners will, sh- they're always doing deals. I get a million emails a week. So go and check it out. I'm sure there's some really great deals. Uh, and uh, yeah, and well, I'm sure we'll have a great deal, uh, exclusive deal coming soon to a blog near you. In the meantime, let's get on some talking points, and these are sponsored by our friends at Universal Audio. Over to you, Fab. Good morning, children. This is Fab Dupont. The Pro Tools Expert Podcast Talking Points are brought to you with the support of Universal Audio. Do your vocal recordings need more shine? Are you in the market for a new audio interface? Well, if the answer to those questions is yes, now could be a very good time to buy a Universal Audio Apollo Twin as part of UA's new Apollo Twin Platinum Vocal Promotion. Buy an Apollo Twin Mark II Solo and get Antares Auto-Tune real-time for free. Buy an Apollo Twin Mark II Duo or USB and get Antares Auto-Tune and the Manly Voxbox plugins free. I know, Russ, you like that one. Buy an Apollo Twin Mark II Quad and get Antares Auto-Tune, Manly Voxbox and Pure Plate Reverb all for free. You can find out more about this and other deals from Universal Audio um, by clicking on the link in the podcast notes down there, just down there. Do it. Okay, um, talking point number one this evening. Um, I like this one. I read this and... I had a big smile on my face. Audio professional still means something. Is it time to start shouting about it? Uh, Russ, this was one of your um, Saturday morning Russ's rants. It was, but you've just renamed the title there. It wasn't, is it time? Is it's time to start shouting about it? Uh, Yeah, we call them Russ's, they're affectionately called Russ's rants in-house. And... Again, I was. I just wanted to come back to this this point that in a world of uh, clients who are looking for more for less, uh, or in a world where we are dealing with diminishing returns, uh, when you put out for this gear, you think, "Well, how am I going to get the money back on this?" And Kevin works in a facility that probably invests hundreds of thousand pounds a year in, into gear and, and, and technology. So you've got to make that pay and. It seems every man and his dog seems to think that there's a, a way of doing it an easier way, a way that doesn't require a professional. And yet, partly, I've just been telling the guys before we came on air that uh, watching my my kitchen renovation take place, well, let me just remind those who haven't read the kitchen renovation story. I did my studio last year, then my wife has taken great revenge on me with the kitchen <laughs> renovation, which made my studio renovation look like a, a weekend hobby compared to something that's had seven pieces of steel put into the building. We virtually took every wall out the back of the house and everything else and more glass 
than you've ever than there's in the shard uh and so we're, 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 but watching the professionals do it whether they're digging a hole or plastering a wall and stuff now i've got their gear and i and i've watched them do it but i still can't do what they do i can't and i think we live in a world now where we go oh, anybody can do anything and it's okay to have a go and we want to encourage people who are just starting out to have a go but let's not pretend that that's the same as being a professional with 20 years experience and uh the gear so many there was a lovely comment did you see on the article where somebody said uh what was it i'm going to read it rather than misquote it uh, uh it's not about how to do but it's all about what to do i thought that was a lovely quote at the bottom of it that knowing which mic to use on that occasion or, or which compressor to use and stuff uh, and that comes from experience, doesn't it? And it comes from lots of experience of, of probably doing it wrong a few hundred times before you, you figured out how to do it. But so, yeah, that's what it was about. It was about, I often find that my life uh, informs my articles and this was no uh, exception with the builders uh, showing me. There's put, an alternative article where the glass went wrong again on this project. I was about to say, did you use the same glazier as you did on the last no, project? No, no, we used a completely different glazier, and I'm about to show him where he can stick his glass roof. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so, James, you, 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 you took a read of this. Yeah, I, 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 um, I read this with a big smile on my face, because you're absolutely right. Um, one of those interesting things that happened to me this year... Or within the last 12 months, I had children. Um, and I realised, hang on a sec, I need to start working smart and I need to start working intelligently if I actually want to see these little people in my life. Um, and at the advice of a very dear friend who is also on this call, I put my prices up, put my rates up. And I've never been busier because people realise now that, that actually they have to pay to get good results. You You can't ask it's it's that magic circle the, the three-way circle isn't it um fast good and cheap the th- there is no magic center center region is there well doesn't the quote finish choose two yes choose mm-hmm. two um and I, I i was so surprised i thought i'm going to lose some clients but i'll i'll have more time and actually all i've managed to do is make myself busier because they they now either seem to realize they're getting more from me or what i'm doing is good or you know uh, well, that's hope. That's the way I like to think of it in my own little in little world. Um, but yeah, I think you're absolutely right. We need to shout about uh, what we're good at and the fact that you know there there are people out there who do this for a living, and we might and we we are good at it. There are plenty of people out there who are starting out, who are who are learning. Um, they're learning their ears, they're learning their room, they're learning their gear, they're learning their craft. But there are those of us out there who are who are doing it for a living, who are doing it as a as some, a skill we've honed over many years. Um, and if you want to use our services, be it um, mine or Kevin's or Russ's or any of the team, then you're going to have to pay for it. Yeah, and the results are, if I can just jump in here for a sec, the results are what sells the next person. You know, when somebody hears your, uh, like, how did you get those drum sounds? Or how did you do this? Well, you know, we used this and this and that. And when I tell everyone that my job is, is, is making the technology disappear. 
so that the creative people can come in and do their thing without being hung up at home when your interface goes down or your whatever happens. You know, there was a whole kind of a backlash here a little bit where people were recording from home because they could, and they realized that there's no social networking in person. There's no kind of running into someone and all the kind of off chance things that happens in a studio. Um, so many of them started just coming back and booking time, especially on tracking dates. Um, and then even coming in for overdubs in smaller rooms because they got more affordable because everybody's trying to price beat, you know? So I, I think, I think we perhaps need to introduce Kevin a little more. Just tell us a little bit about, you've, you've said things like tracking dates and stuff like that and booking studio time. Kevin, which studio complex? Because yeah, you're is not in the bedroom you... here, are you, Kevin? Yeah. <laughs> which studio you complex is it? You're not. Well, I am today. I'm, I have a week off, so I am today in a bedroom. But um, usually, I hang my hat at Blackbird Studio, and I started the recording program there. And what I am is not as much as the classroom teacher, as the kind of the lab guy. So we worked with in over over a hundred bands in four years that we bring in, and that they pay us actually to come in and work with the students. So. Where I've worked at in the past, you know, we would pay musicians and then it becomes like a factory job and they play the same songs over and over and they sit and read the newspaper on their, when the other guy's doing an overdub. But these uh, bands that come in are engaged as bands. So it's just like the real thing, you know, and I get to work in some great rooms and use an incredible iconic microphone collection. And then, uh, it's always worked with me because I've always had an editorial job is I bring other gear in uh, that the students see that they wouldn't necessarily see from our collection. So it's the old, the new. We've got uh, right near us, we have PMC's headquarters, Nashville headquarters. We've got Genelec has a room uh, that they um, uh, display their speakers in called Addiction. And then uh, Adam, uh, Adam uh, Audio just uh, is opening a new place. And, you know, so it's a really vibrant community and um, it's a great place to stay and work. So short. But John's invested incredibly in there, hasn't he? Like the microphones and the, and oh, the yeah. instruments. There's, there's a lot of investment gone into Blackbird that has to be repaid. Yeah. So, and I, and on a second thing, your, Russ, your story of how, uh, you know, the client who asked them to help you to learn how, what they do to pay you to do is, was horrifying. <laughs> I was cringing to the end. Like, did he do it? What, what, you know? So uh, and I did. I said yes yeah. because I, 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 and actually, I've seen, uh, I've seen some of the work since they did that, and it lacked everything that Thank I you. brought to it. Thank Most you. of all, it lacked the objectivity. Yeah, that somebody from the outside brings. It's like I always say that trying to do your own mastering is like trying to cut your hair. It's possible, <laughs> but I don't advise it. <laughs> No, because it's all about one. being able to see something from a different angle, isn't it? And James yep. is married to a hairdresser, so he'd get this straight <laughs> yeah. away. But what I'm saying is that that what they did, they they said they, they said to me that we had a call and they said, listen, we've got some more people in the house now, and they they get into the gear and they get and we'll probably use you less, and uh, we wonder if you could give us some pointers. And I I just called it. I said, so you'd like me to show people how to do what you pay me to do now, uh, and. They kind of, mm, yeah, oh, yeah, yes, we do. Pretty much, yes. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And I said, okay, I will. I said, but I need to be clear with you that I can't give to your people what I give to you. It's impossible. Because right. Right. The, the one thing, say, having worked with you with Pro Tools Expert and worked with you on sort of private, um, your social tech clients, um, you are a very good storyteller. 
Uh, there's a compliment in there, Russ, so you're allowed to take it. Yeah. You are a very good storyteller. No, I was just taking it. I was taking it. I was be, just shutting up that, and listening. Be was- that um, through narrative or through images. I, I, I hate phrases like blue sky thinking and out of the box and all that rubbish, but you are very good at pulling things together into a cohesive story. But that's generally anybody. Say sorry, not anybody. Anybody that does our job. Part of what we bring to the store, bring to the like, whether it's Kevin or you, is that when somebody comes into our studio, and just for those that know, I do as many videos these make as many videos these days as to make as much music. So I do a lot of video directing as well as music making. So that's what James was alluding to, and what we bring is our creative ideas, which only we can bring because we're unique individuals there's no one else like us on the planet so only kevin can do what he does his way and only james can do what he does his way and only i can do what i do my way and when people hire us part of what they're hiring is that unique piece of dna and you can't replicate it you can copy it but you can't do it the same that's why i'm secure in what i do now to tell me guys this was a 40 grand client a year that asked me that question so the so you can imagine how I felt when we were having that discussion, but there was a part of me that thought either I'm really worth what I say I'm worth, or I'm not, and I'd get found out anyway if I wasn't. So that's why I was pretty sure I could say, you know what, uh, be my guest almost, go for it, but you won't be able to do it, even if I show somebody how to do it. And James has been with me. We were on a film shoot recently with his team. And I said, this is how I do it. And I, I came, I flew in to direct the shoot and they could watch me directing. Uh, and so and same with Kevin. When you when you set up a drum kit, Kevin, and mic it, you might use exactly the same mics as someone else, but nobody can do it like you. No. Uh, and, and, and not only that, it's how you react to when things always happen that go wrong. You know, that's, that's oh, yeah. the key. You could set up the same drum kit on different days with the same mics and laser measure them. And there's always going to be something that changes, you know, like the player, that is a huge thing. James, you're a drummer, so you understand that. You could take the same kit and have four players on it playing exactly the same music and you're going to get uh, four different tracks. So that kind of thing is, and how you react to it. I, in fact, just a couple of weeks ago, a guy came in and he was very satisfied with the snare drum we'd put up on a DW kit. And I said, you know, can we just try this other snare? And then we put a tea towel on it and gaff taped it a little bit. And it changed the whole personality of the thing. And I'm always reticent to kind of make suggestions to a player because sometimes they're very, you know, protective of their rigs and stuff. But this guy was in from out of town and I thought, okay, um, let me just give it a shot. And sure enough, everybody loved it, you know, so... um, it's just one of those things. That's the type of thing you can't teach or show someone who's trying to do it on the cheap and trying to, you know, basically save some money is the experience and all that kind of stuff, your ears on, on the audio side and your eyes on the video side. So there you go. And the second thing is objectivity. I, as I say, I've, I've, I've seen something that's been done since minus me and things got through that would never have got through had I done it in terms of QC. Not because I would have done the QC check, but the client would have done the QC check and said, actually, Russ, could you fix this? Could you change that? And it seems that the minute something goes in-house, the QC goes to pot because people aren't as hard as them on themselves often as they are on a third party, are they? Mm-hmm. No, you definitely not. That. I'm not as hard on myself. 
I need somebody to say, Russ, can you do the best? Can you can you improve the quality? There's a bit of a hum there in the in the dialogue, or that 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 snare sounds a bit odd, or there's a bit of clipping. Can and the minute you take that in house, some of that goes definitely because also you feel if I one of the things I'm realizing that is that you can be too close to a project. You can be too emotionally involved with a project. So things where I've maybe tracked it or I've written the songs and tracked everything and played everything, I'll then farm out to uh, someone else to mix or certainly someone else to master. As you say, it's like trying to cut your own hair. It doesn't work. Um, because when I get that mix back, I can then listen to it as a, as a new project, as someone who's listening to it for the first time, rather than going, you know, applying all the same old stuff that I did in the mixes for the last 10 tracks that I worked on. There is that objectivity, that being able to stand back from something and listen to something. And I think what clients forget is when you're paying someone to do something, believe it or not, the person you're paying wants to do the very best possible job they can. If they I don't, agree. if they're not in that place, you shouldn't be hiring them in the first place. But mm-hmm. most people say so certainly guys I work with who are being paid to do a job don't want to hear oh it was okay we want to hear it was brilliant and if it takes revisions and and QC pickups of, of little things and stuff to sort out that's what we want to do we want to get it absolutely so you go away as the client beaming from ear to ear saying how fabulous your experience was and how we changed stuff at the last minute because you wanted to change this and that um When it's in-house, you don't have that. You don't get that attention to detail, I don't think. It's what they call, coming back to the analogies I was using in my original article, it's what they call the painter's house or the mechanic's car. Is And actually, uh, you always look after your clients before you look after yourself. Do you know what I mean? Is that, Mm. that, like, go and look at a house. I don't know if it translates across the ocean to Kevin, but the painter's house is is an expression we use in the UK about basically a painter's house is never painted because they're Mm. too busy painting everybody else's (laughs) house and doing it well. Uh, And I think there's there's some truth in that. And I know that I take far more care over my client projects than I do over my own Uh, because – I I just, I'll always put my clients first in terms of time and energy. And again, I I can't bring an external point of view to my own work. I need somebody to say, hey, and that's one of the problems working on your own, I find, is that you almost need somebody around you to say, what do you think of this mix? Uh, Or just in a session, Kevin, you might say to a bass player, do you want to just pull it slightly back a bit or push it slightly forward? Mm-hmm. Although you never need to tell a bass player to get behind the beat, do you? But, uh, <laughs> uh, but you get my point, don't you? And they you, they take another take and suddenly it all drops in, it drops into the pocket suddenly. Yeah. And it might be something they don't hear because they have headphones on in another room with a drummer next to a drummer who's yeah. playing in their ear, you know? So Yeah. Yeah. I listen to If you listen to Vance's uh, last work on Chris Stapleton's last album... Uh, and the way the bass player is working, you, you can just imagine that there was a lot of conversation going on. Perhaps it would happen in one take, but there's just some beautiful bass playing going around the drum kit there in that album. Uh, it's a stunning album. Uh, uh, and and it's it's one of those moments when you think, wow, that, that, there's some really great ideas come out for that ba- for the bass parts. If you've not heard it, and actually that's the album where I think the bass sounds like a, like a sofa. That's the best way <laughs> to describe it. It's just so warm and thick and cuddly Mm. but getting back to something you said earlier kevin you are probably 
uh, I, I don't like words like lucky enough and fortunate enough because you've worked damn hard to get there. Um, you are in probably one of two places left in the world where there is studio culture. I think it's the Abbey Road of America. That that would be my, yeah. my yeah. that would be my view of Black Blackbird. Yeah, we don't have the quite the history because it's not it's uh, only fifteen years old. But I would agree with you. There is that, and you have that proper studio culture of starting off as a as a runner and then moving up or an intern, moving on to a runner and then becoming the the T boy, then the runner, then the tape pop, and all that sort of thing. You actually do have that um, uh, structure and development, don't you? Yeah. Actually, I started working construction, making studios. That's where I started. That's where most of the guys started in that era, where they got on the construction team and then the the owner would pick a few people to be assistants, you know? So you built the studios, you physically built Yeah, I built uh, two two rooms and then I helped helped Kenny G build one at his house. And then my deal was I would help you build the studio for free if I can engineer the record and then you pay me then. And he said, yes. And that was the breathless record, which was <laughs> one of my rare good calls, you know, you lost, where I you gave lost. stuff away for free. My mother and my wife always cringe, you know, like free, what, you know, and I'm like, well, this was a long time ago. So but you, lo- you lost the gig halfway through when you said, could we leave the sax off this track? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Have you ever heard my story? There's a story about sax, but a friend of mine was recording a live gospel album and he said the sax player was the most arrogant guy you've ever met in his life he said he was really rude and uh, i was in his studio the day they were mixing this live worship album and uh, he, he put up all the faders and the sax started playing he hit the mute button he said that's mixed that <laughs> <laughs> um before we insult anyone else should we park this one and move on <laughs> Yeah, but I just say if you're listening and you actually make a living out of this, just not a lot of people are going to believe in you. And 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 often part of this article came out of a guy that said that because Pro Tools is now cheaper, it means amateurs can buy it and start using it and take our work. Well, I don't agree with that because Mm -hmm. owning the software, you don't download experience with Pro Tools. You just download the software. There's no ears 2.0, is there? There's no. Just listen. Believe in yourself because no one else will. And have and have some, as I say, James started this conversation saying I told him to put his prices up because uh, because that sorts the, the wheat from the chaff when it comes to your clients. Mm. That, re, that sorts, sorts out who's serious and who isn't because there's always someone who will do it cheaper, but it doesn't have to be you. Mm. Unless you have a feature like Audio Bin. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I, like, now, I like the way you've slid into that yeah. one. Neatly. Nice segue. You need to do some radio work. <laughs> segues like that. I'm your straight man, James. So um, it, today is the 3rd of April. It's the 4th by the time you actually get this. Uh, this was a story that we um, conjured up just in time for the 1st of April, also known as... April Fool's, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um uh, did many people fall for it? Yeah, quite a lot, actually. Yeah, I tell you what, I tell you what I would love about these stories is the ones that rant, <laughs> the ones that don't oh, get no. the joke. Yeah, uh, they tend to delete it afterwards, don't they? Uh, no, somebody kept it. This is the absolute worst BS socialism idea ever. Get the f- out of my creative decisions <laughs> is what I say, and quit trying to help. And the companies need to quit making features that help the untitled music instant mix. Oh dear. <laughs> and then Tom Loper underneath and breathe. 
I love the fact that I love the fact that um, of all people, Steve Jenowick, we got him for about forty seconds or thirty nine seconds. <laughs> the thing is about these is we always put we we always make them as true as put as we can to make people think it's true, but then we always put stuff in it that that, that should give people a sense of oh, hang on a minute, there's something going on here because we put in that quote. Uh, in our test with a number of bands, we found that with a setting higher than 70% and removed from playlist, checked, it can save a huge amount of disk space. One of the bands we work with saved 100% of their <laughs> disk space. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, well, did you talk... We talked about... It It would be a nice feature, I think. <laughs> I, actually, I actually do think some kind of... Some kind of crap filter if you like so you really you, you're going to commit this <laughs> right well you hear so much about ai being the, the savior of mankind so this you know that's not such a stretch now you know no like maybe no, it but could it happen to work. it's it, it but it, it seemed to get enough people to to make the fun of it and i think somebody then posted on our site that then somebody did a spoof of a universal audio product didn't they and uh did anybody see the sonarworks dog one? no yeah, there's a video doing doing the rounds of that. The, they said that, that, that because dogs had better hearing, they were using dogs now to develop the next version of Sonarworks. <laughs> it's a great video. It's really well produced. It's really well produced. There's dogs in it, literally moving faders and stuff. It's really cleverly done. Yeah, yeah. I don't think. That, and it says at the end, no dogs were harmed in the making of this. Uh, so any more? Did it? Uh, and sound on sound? Did they uh, remove the cuss words from tracks? Didn't they? <laughs> Uh, I saw. No, uh, Slate did. Slate didn't do it. This I year. didn't see no, one from, from Stephen. No. Huh. Any others that people saw favourites? No. I, I didn't realise at the time, but the one I reposted on the evil of Facebook was um, four years old from the team at Audion. A plugin called Fanboy, which reproduced the fan noises of all your favourite gear. <laughs> <laughs> and it still, it still had my quote from when I had an Omni uh, from four years ago, saying, "I don't need this plugin. I own an Avid Omni." <laughs> Uh, because if you remember, the Avid Omni had a fan that, that sounded like the space shuttle taking off. And, yep, so you, and we all, you, so there's even a post on Pro Tools Expert of me, or in fact, there's one of you doing it, and there's me doing it with 192s and HDIOs, changing the fans, because yeah. they were so loud. And it was a £17 fan that made oh. an Omni silent. Yeah. And an hour's <laughs> worth of work. And you have to ask yourself, why did they not do this right in the first place? Uh, anyway... Anywho. But uh, if we if we got you, uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, uh, and uh, for those of you that didn't realise it was a joke, then 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 just just go and have a drink. Uh, alcoholic. Look at the date from time to time. <laughs> hey, let's go to some community feedback. This is sponsored by our friends at RSPE Audio. The Pro Tools Expert Community Feedback is brought to you with the kind support of RSPE Audio Solutions. Great people and great prices. Yes, it is. And RSPE is proud to announce the new ASC Nano Attack Wall. It's a mini version of the ASC Attack Wall that takes all of the acoustic benefits of its bigger brother and shrinks them down to fit on your desktop. Get a reliable, repeatable, and accurate sonic space that's extremely portable so you can take it with you when you move or work in another studio. Learn more at RSPE's website with the link in the show notes down below. I don't know, guys, have you seen this? It's quite cool, actually. Basically, you kind of build a, build a small acoustic space around your, mon- about around your desk. Yeah, because uh, the, big, the big stuff is A, big, and 
to two or B, I'm not sure where I started. It, quite expensive. This stuff looks very, very cool and actually oh. very cost effective. Hmm. Quite clever. And, I, yeah. and imagine if you were backstage recording a live gig or you had to do some kind of like, oh, I know that uh, friends of mine have worked on things like The Voice and American Idol, and they're often recording vocals backstage and stuff like that. So things like this are really helpful, I think. Yeah. yeah did they hook together? Probably, huh? did they, I beg like, your pardon, Kevin? Did they hook together somehow? It looks like maybe they, they attach. Yeah, there's different versions. That there's kind of a baby version that does bits. Of, there's a, a desktop acoustic uh, it's not cheap. I'll say that for free. Uh, it's costs more than just some egg boxes do. Uh, and egg boxes work really well, don't they? But you've, have you, I think you've heard this in action, haven't you? The big one, James. You've been the over the, the big stuff gig. they've actually got in, actually in their their um, demonstration suite in in California, uh, and it it's amazing. They've turned what is. Uh, a not very good sounding to office type room into a really nice sounding acoustic space for the the big PMC rigs. But I, and I suspect if the the technology, as it is, I'm sure, has been ported over and just miniaturised a little bit, I, I'm convinced these are going to sound great. Certainly for the sort of stuff that I do when I'm sort of um, rocking up at a, a church or a a concert hall to do some recording it would be nice to have monitors up and to be able to actually you know go in a, a room that's like a dressing room backstage and set up and actually have reliable um reliable sound rather than that kind of awful bathroom kind of reproduction sound which i often have to deal with mm. and mm. does it come in colors too i've seen some other photos here when blue and red i'm wondering yeah looks like yeah, a- i think there's there's lots and lots of different colors yeah that's a good idea cool impressive Johannes Koch. Hey, guys. Well, if there is someone in the universe that knows this most time fabulous software, then you are. So I have a quite unique question. Avid has updated the video engine in Pro Tools 12. Is there a way to replace it with an old with the old one? Little joke, my problem. I work in the dubbing segment in Germany. And for a special project, I need to use uh, VSO during recording uh, with the old video engine. Uh, that, that was no problem at all. But now the new one seems not to support VSO. Uh, every time I start playback in VSO, uh, the audio slows down as uh, as wanted, but the video goes with the original speed beside it. With this effect, VSO is absolutely useless to me, but pitch tools don't get me uh, the needed audio quality. would be glad if you genius guys have an idea for me to set up my needs in Pro Tools 12. Uh, VSO, guys, uh, am I missing something on that acronym? Yeah, I'm. I'm not entirely sure. I, um, I'm not sure what VSO is in this context. Mm, yeah, good question. Um, so stand by. Google is on, Google is working as we speak. Oh, it's the very speed. It's okay. using very speed. Um, certainly, um, it's, a, it's an acronym for for the very speed software. Right. Okay. Certainly, there's no way to change to a previous video engine. Because Pro Tools 10 didn't use the AVE, it, the Avid Video Engine, much like the um, uh, it's it's new and improved and tweaked. The old Pro Tools 10 version would have been a, a much older code base and wouldn't have worked now with the new um, Pro Tools 2018 um, or Pro Tools 12 that became Pro Tools 2018. I I think this is one for Avid. I think this is one to go directly to them with. Uh, if 
you don't say, Johannes, if you have contacted them directly, um, I would do so. If you're now well, running... He's not going to be able to get video. He's not going to be able to get pre... Uh, uh, he can't use a, a, anything other than AVE as the AVID solution in Pro Tools 12. Absolutely. Uh, what I would suggest is let's not confuse slowing down the video with slowing down the audio in various, in, in, in various speakers. So very speed is, is basically doing a pitch slowdown uh, in, in playback. But that doesn't send any time information to the video engine. So what you could try and do first is to create a midi, a tempo map at that segment and see if that slows the video down. It, alternatively, if not, then you could download a copy of Video Slave 3 from non-lethal applications, and that would follow uh, a tempo map slowing down because it uses MIDI timecode to, to lock. So I think it might be something to do with, the, the, in a sense, I don't think any video engine is going to follow very speed uh, because I don't think it sees it in the same way. So you, I would try creating a tempo map first in Pro Tools and see if that helps over the bits where you're doing the very speeding uh, to slow it down. I'll be interested. Are you using very speed to create an effect or are you using very speed to try and slow it down? Because if I was trying to slow it down, I would actually use a tempo map. Wouldn't you, Kevin? Yeah, or you could, uh, if it's after the fact, you could use time stretch, you know, you could do something like that with uh, elastic audio maybe, or... Or elastic, yeah, elastic pitch from A, elastic AES. Yeah, it has a VSO... Uh, Z-plane, pl- Z Z-plane are the best quality uh, time stretch algorithm that you can use in Pro Tools. We've got a review on the site about that, and we could put the link up this week for you. So that would be worth che- checking out as well, is... But none of those are going to shoot. Because what I'm reading from your question is you're trying to slow down picture with audio. And and I don't think very speed is going to send any timing information personally. I don't know what you guys think. No, I think think you're you're bang on the money. Um, But yeah, I I think um, Video Slave 3 is probably the way to go. If if, say, if not, um, ping Avid an email. What have you got to lose? So Gerardo Dewa uh, writes and asks, um, does Pro Tools 12.5 support RAID 1? I'm thinking of an external USB drive for data that would, and I'd like to have RAID 1 security. Thanks in advance. Uh, anyone on that one? I, I, actually, I can speak to that. because Yes, it does. It, it does work. Uh, I'm using an OWC RAID 1 drive when I go out and do uh, location recording work, and it works perfectly well. Uh, I've not yet had to resort to the other drive in a RAID 1 configuration, but certainly Pro Tools has no problem writing to both. There we go. That was a quick one. That was easy. I'm also putting a link in to uh, this story from uh, Mike wrote wrote a great article about RAID uh, on the blog. And so I'm just putting the link in to the podcast so that you can have a look at that. Lars Bokujan. I'm hoping oh, I get that good. right. We can keep him. <laughs> <laughs> can anyone tell me if I can run my 12.2.1 on my iMac 27 inch late 2013 with 8 gigs of RAM and 3 4 gigahertz core processor i5? Um, processor, oh, I'm sorry, processor on High Sierra. Um, boy, there's, there, there's some trip wires in this whole. <laughs> The eight gigs of RAM would scare me right there. I, yep. Um, 
and also the 2013, because I know there's a, what's the cutoff for um, the Intel processors? Was it much earlier than that or? No, this is an I, this is an Intel i five, but it, the, the yeah. twenty thirteen is basically the same time the trash can came out. It's the same. Okay. It's the same era. It's the iMac uh, of the same sort of se- yeah. season of uh, the trash can was first launched. Yeah, I've got, uh, I've had good luck with Pi Sierra on on my rigs, and uh, Blackbird has also uh, pushed up to Sierra on a lot of. It's a, it's a bunch of landmines when you try to take a facility that big and, and upgrade, but. Um, we're not up to the latest version of Pro Tools yet, but um, uh, I, I, man, I'd have to do some research on this one. I, I, but Mike, um, him who knows many things, has chimed in and says you will, if you want to run High Sierra, you're going to need to be on Pro Tools 12.8.3 at the very least, because uh, anything before that... Oh, uh, right. It won't work. Uh, with regard to your actual computer, check the Avid compatibility charts. Uh, they are there for your perusal, and we'll put a link in the podcast notes. This one from Chris James, and I think this is probably a good discussion piece for us all. Uh, I'm interested in hearing each of your preferences for type of studio monitors, specifically regarding bass response. Assuming one pair of speakers is used for all composing, mixing, and mastering of any type of music. Well, that's a broad church. Um, I realise room size and treatments, listening positions, standing waves, phase cancellations, and so forth, so forth are all factors in this. Nevertheless, after factoring all those things in, do you prefer to use two monitors that have an 8-inch or larger woofer in each, no sub, or do you prefer using two smaller mains plus one sub? If your preference is two smaller plus a sub, uh, what would you say is the ideal woofer size for the two smaller mains, and what frequency would you set the sub crossover at? Uh, Whatever your answer, please say why... And what is your preference? Summarise, this is um, as simply as possible. I gather I'm asking whether you prefer sub or no sub and why. As part of your answer, I'd like to hear what pairs of mains you would use if um, you were told that you had a budget of cost of $700 maximum for the mains um, and indicate if you would use a sub with that. I've been listening to your podcast for more than four years and really appreciate them. Thanks from Chris. Uh, I, I suspect we're all in very different listening environments. Um, the £700 bit makes things interesting because I don't think any of us yeah. are really listen, listening I'll to get me code. 700 quid monsters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. $700, sorry. Um, yeah, not that there's yeah. much difference these days. I think that's the cabling on my keys. <laughs> <laughs> and that's for the pair too. That's yeah. That's- that narrows it down quite a bit. I mean, I would say in general, if you're getting to that price range, I think a front ported, especially if you're in a small room, because if you're in a, uh, in, if that's your price range, I can't imagine you're in a large acoustic, I mean, I'm making a value judgment here, but I mean, if you're in a small space, just let me say, I think a front ported monitor is going to be your best bet just because you're not spilling all that low end back into your wall. I've, I've just had over the years, just better luck with something uh, front-ported in any price range um, without causing problems um, or needing an attack wall or something like that. There is, a, there is a way around that, you know, is to put a sock in them. I'm not joking either. Yeah. In fact, some speakers do, used to come with plugs. Well, there was one that used to come with a plug the system. The Dyn Audios used to come with foam plugs for the, yeah, the front ports. Yeah. 
I would say I had a great result. First thing I would say is I'm not a fan of subs. I don't really buy into them. I agree with you. Uh, and I had great result with the Eve Audio SC205s. They were a five-inch, two-way, 100-watt. They were reported, unfortunately, Kevin. Uh, I had them about half a metre. I had them in various environments, actually. I had them with glass behind me, if you remember my London house, uh, James. Yes. Firing yes. down a long room. But the great thing is they've got quite a, quite a good variable set of uh, filters on them. Uh, I never monitor at low, high volume anyway. Uh, I really liked them, but they do a 208 as well, which comes in at, I think, is that a pair? Just looking here. Uh, so the, the, the 205s, a pair, I think were, uh, yeah, they're coming at 700. I think they're, they're, 400, they're 349 each. Uh, and I liked them. They were good. And James, we know the man too. Yes, who, they, who they, they, they sounded great in your room and your room wasn't was far from acoustically perfect, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I had them in two bad rooms. Uh, not not through choice, uh, through until I built my studio, and I have to say they were good. I preferred them to my Yamahas. What's that? Whatever the Yamaha NS10 modern version is. The NS10. The, it was the powered one, wasn't it? Was it the HF? Yeah. Uh, the I didn't like that, but I did. I Eve, don't forget, are the was the guy that used to be a Adam, hence the name. Quite quite funny in a way, but I think that. Uh, yeah, I was very impressed with them. So that's my kind of budget pair. I never got on with KRKs. I always found them too hyped for me. Uh, probably good for dance stuff, but I wasn't pretty. I was producing more acoustic kind of folky stuff and and middle of the road pop. So uh, for me, uh, uh, earlier KRKs when uh, Focal was making the tweeters, those those are yeah. the winners for me. And then, uh, the, by the way, the key to rear ported uh, monitoring is low volume. Uh, monitoring. I mean, just what you said right there. That's why you yeah. didn't have any problems because you just have to keep it low. Because if you're spilling a lot of low frequency out, it's just gonna it's gonna play havoc with your decisions. In my second room, I had a fireplace behind the, the mixing oh, desk. nice big base port out the roof. Exactly. <laughs> so that's when I put socks in the ports, and it really worked. It really cut off the. Boomy low end extension. Were those wool or cotton? That's what I would need to know. I can't remember. I think they were Marks and Spencer's best, but you guys wouldn't know that who Marks and Spencer are. That's it. It's where you get decent socks and pants from in the mm. UK. James, what about you in that kind of price point, mate? Um, this is a, a, it's a tricky question because I think uh, we've all moved on from that that particular price point of monitors. You know some time ago i mean certainly my focal twin six b's and interestingly i am using a sub with those just to give me that extra octave at the bottom um i'm also using them crossed over through a trinov room optimizer so let's not go there for uh, 700 bucks um my but i think uh, at a $700 price point, yes, you are looking at getting the best quality pair of speakers you possibly can for your money, and that's a pair, not a 2.1 system. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it out there and try reverb.com, try eBay, try yep. Craigslist, because 
those you're going to get more bang for your buck. It's really quite difficult these days to to damage monitors as in through overplaying them. If they look like they're in good condition, there's a fair chance they're in good condition and going to serve you well. There are so many brands of monitors out there. My advice would be go and listen to some. Go and listen to some Adams, some Eves, um, some of the, the Yamahas, the the smaller Focals, and then have a look on eBay, have a look on the second-hand sites, because you're going to get way better monitors second-hand that have probably also been run in, and let's not pretend that doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, a, a brand new set of monitors is going to sound pants. Dyne Audio actually say... It was with socks their, I put in them, mate, not pants. Sorry. <laughs> Dyne Audio actually say, with their new LYDs, run them for a couple of nights at full tilt with, you know, your choice of music to actually wear in the, the cones, wear in the drivers. Um... And you'd be surprised how much difference that makes. I can't, I, I left the speakers going full tilt on my iTunes rock and roll, rock playlist mm. for two days and they were different sounding speakers when I came back. Yeah. Um, yeah, all, all, all the major brand speakers have their pluses, have their minuses. It, and, it, and it is down to you and your personal tastes. I would take along some track when you're actually trying these speakers out, take along your i phone or your ipad or whatever ipod and listen to some music through them yep um, uh, you've probably if, got if three you, or four favorite tracks that you always use that you use as your references for mixes listen to those through those speakers find out which ones you like uh, that's probably not you want a definitive answer i think um and you're not going to get it from me right. so <laughs> now i'm just looking on here online and uh there's a Pol- polonis model 42 mark twos for 1100 so i mean that's 400 more than your budget, but that's an excellent pair of monitors. Not too big, comes with a separate digital amp, and they sound amazing. So if you just take it above, you know, just get out of that sub thousand range, you really open up your possibilities and you'll, you'll come up with something you like better rather than have to sell it again and then take a loss and then spend even more money, you know. Uh, what I would say as well, and I've, I wrote an article about this recently, is the best investment you can make in the studio is your transducers. Yep. Be that the microphones or the speakers, it's those two parts of the process that are the place to spend your money. Amen. Everything else almost doesn't matter. Uh, that would be my point of view. It's great mic. The best investments I've made in my studio were great mics and great speakers that made the biggest difference to the to the product I created. Don't know what the rest of you think. Agreed. Totally agreed. Yeah. And I'll say that because I spent, yeah, I've got a pair of key monitors, which are 12. I didn't pay uh. that for them, but I still paid a lot for them. They're $12,000 a pair, but I, I don't regret a single oh, day. No, they're amazing. Uh, of owning them. And the same with my, uh, my Sontronics mic uh, that I bought. Uh, just absolutely uh, the... Stunning mic. Uh, which one have I got again, James? Because you're you've the got, You've got an Aria. Expert. Yeah, Sontronix Aria is yep, beautiful. I've got mic. an Aria as Tube well. Mic. Beautiful yeah. sounding mic. Great, great on female vocal. It's beautiful. 
Tom Kowalski, Protoss Expert, has been a great resource for me. Thank you. I really like the Steve Jennings series that James Ivey did recently. I definitely need to go back and watch them again uh, to pull out all those great tips. I just saw Kevin uh, uh, Becker's video tutorial on how to work fast in Protoss, improving your editing speed, which will definitely save me some time. Thanks so much. Looking forward to future future tutorials by him. Since vocals tend to be the most important thing in a mix, I was wondering about a tried and true workflow for getting the best results for cleaning up vocal tracks. As much as we'd all like great singers who have great vocal control, pitch and timing, I found myself having to edit vocals and spend more time sometimes than I really want to. I know I'll have to do uh, some, if not all of the following. Stripping, strip the silence between phrases to minimise uh, noise bleed from when the singer is not singing. I just clip game where the singer is way too loud or not nearly loud enough. Make edits where the timing needs adjusted slightly to line up with the other singers. Tune the vocals where I needed. I'd be interested in what you do in terms of cleaning up vocals. What order would you give the best results? Would give you the best results? I mixed with Pro Tools 2018-3 and use Melodyne for tuning vocals. I'm currently working on a live recording, but this would be helpful to know on just about any project. Thanks so much in advance for your help. Keep up the great work, uh, Tom. Let's start with the maestro in the room. Kevin, uh, do you do any of this? Some yeah. of this? All of this? Yeah, no, all, all of the this? above. Now, and I would say it greatly depends on the singer because the different problems are going to arise. So, for instance, if you have a singer with a lot of sibilance, either through... I mean, there's sometimes you you can use four microphones and they still have a problem. I once recorded a girl who had a whistle between her two front teeth that drove me insane and she would sing certain <laughs> things. And of course, other than, you know, a, a good punch in the mouth, it wasn't going to, it was, I wasn't going to solve the problem. And I of course didn't want to do that too. So, um, but, um, I would say, especially when you are going to uh, EQ your vocals later and compress them just a little bit more. I don't compress too much going down. I kind of do it in steps because you can always, you know, add more, but you can't take away. So um, when you start compressing a little more to have the vocals sit where you want to, I find the sibilance is a problem. So I go and do what, uh, what I call and everybody else calls manual DSing. So I'll go to the volume graph in Pro Tools and I will literally, I'm going to do a whole, uh, a, 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 a tip on this too, by the way, I uh, literally just nosedive the fader right at the sibilance and then copy that and find the next one and paste it and paste it and paste it. It goes really quickly once you do the first one. Then what I'll do is when I write my, uh, I'll create a VCA fader. And then when I write any automation for fader moves, I actually put that single vocal channel into that VCA fader and then make my automation uh, moves in the VCA fader because it's going to maintain my uh, DSing. So that's just one big tip right there. James, what about you, mate? Um, there's an, the interesting one in there is using strip silence because I certainly on live recordings I don't do that because by stripping out the silence from from the vocal mic generally in a in a band environment your lead vocalist is normally directly in front of the drummer uh sorry lead vocalists that's just seems to be where you stand now there's normally their head in the way of the microphone but the one thing you don't want to be doing is changing the sound of the drums all the way through the track because as soon as you duck that lead vocal mic out the drum sound is going to change. So I don't find myself using strip silence all that much. I, I get a good standard mix. And if there's anything, if the drum sound is being affected by the vocal, I'll go back, as you've said correctly, the vocal is the most important part of the track. 
closely followed by the kick drum, I think. Um, but if, if the vocal is affecting the sound of the drums, I would rather tweak the drum sound to sound not so nice on their own, but sound great when the vocal's in. Because that way you haven't got to worry about muting out or strip silencing out the vocal. Now, in a studio environment, yes, you might want to get rid of some um, extraneous noises or maybe some click bleed or something like that out of the out of the, the lead vocal channel. Yeah, fine. But nine times out of ten, I'm not doing anything on a live vocal. Um, I'm actually... I'll, I don't mind doing a video on this because I think it'd be quite interesting to show off the, the way I do it. I mean, absolutely, you've hit all the, all the main... Um, tools that we have to tweak a vocal track. I don't tend to get involved too much with DSs because I, th I find I do more harm than good. Um, but that's just probably because I've not found the right DSA that seems to be working in the way I like it to work or I want it to work. Yeah, I'll, I'll put a video together on this one and once, once I'm actually back in the land of the singer ball perhaps because um, there's nothing better than being super critical on your own vocals oh. um but yeah i'll have a go at that one tom and um i'll put post it on the site very soon russ I've but you're, become, you're a bit of a you know yeah i've 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 become a bit more fast and loose about all of this i used to be mr edit the shit out of everything but i'm much more just leave the vocal to be the vocal and and yeah bearing in mind a woman that's whistling through her teeth or um somebody who's got whistling nose hairs or something or whatever i generally I tell you what has become my friend in both music and in and people know what's coming there. Music and in uh, post is uh, power. It's just for leveling a vocal and keeping character. It's just genius uh, because again, I'm not. I'm. I, I, I know people who ride the faders in mixes and go through and clip gain stuff and all sorts of stuff like that and. Uh, I think you can still hear it sometimes. Uh, and so, whereas power has got this really transparent leveler built into it, which is really good. So give that a go as well. That would be my one tip from this, but generally I'm far less, uh, ainly retentive about going through vocals. And what do I use for tuning? I, I find waves live tunes quite good. Actually. It's quite natural. I don't know if any of you guys have played with that. Mm. It's the more, it's the newer waves tuner. Uh, I can always hear Melodyne. I'm sorry to say. Uh, I like. Reeves. I could sometimes hear it when it's not even on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, I'm mean, a track yeah. thing. You, you know, think what the hell? There's tuning on that, and it's not. Uh, but, but perhaps it is. The Pro Tools Expert Podcast is created using Source Connect Now from Source Elements. Register now for your free account at now.source-elements.com. If you've ever tried to do interviews over the internet with apps like Skype, you'll know how hit and miss the audio quality can be. And the connection, even on a good day, it isn't really good enough for a long-form interview. We now use Source Connect Now, which offers ISDN equivalent quality audio using a Chrome browser with no software to install. To get your free account, follow the link down there in the podcast notes. UJAM Instruments plugins are your studio companions. Always on call when you want to write, play and record tracks. Take seat in the producer's chair and tell your player what you need. This means a maximum of musical and sonic integrity and versatility and a minimum of your precious energy required to get there. 
Discover our virtual instruments at ujam.com. UJAM Instruments' innovative virtual drummer and virtual guitarist music production plugins are now available as AAX plugins for Pro Tools. So Pro Tools users can also enjoy the simplicity and versatility of these excellent instruments. Get what you need from your drummer or guitarist in the minimum of time. So I haven't done this for I haven't done this for a while. I want to do it. I want to stand up there and go, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Find of the Week. Uh, James, what's your find of the week? Okay, so um, it's a bit of a drummy, recording-y drum thing, uh, but here goes. Uh, those clever chaps in Norway um, at CRS have created the Cymbal Resonance System. It's very simple, it's chunky, uh, nice and solid, and makes your cymbals sound amazing. Uh, the clever Norwegians have struck gold with this one. Uh, my review went live uh, tonight, yesterday, depending on how you look at it. Uh, take a look and a listen to this one. There's some audio files there. I think every drum kit in the world needs these. They're amazing. Kevin, what about your fun of the week? Well, mine isn't new, but I've been seeing a lot of uh, a lot of uh, Indiegogo emails come in my box about it. And it's a, a guitar st- distortion pedal. Since I recently did the um, Waves Factory Spectre plug-in distortion uh, um, creator, that was really interesting. Um, this is more just a hammer over your head with a plasma guitar pedal, it's called. So um, it came out at NAM, and they're on Indiegogo now trying to get funded. And it's it instead of using transistors or tubes to produce the overdrive, it takes your input signal and turns it into a series of continuous high-voltage discharges within a xenon-filled tube that's right on the front of the pedal. So you can see it kind of charging up and going nuts as you play. Um the electrical discharges are then converted back into an analog audio signal laced with heavy distortion that sounds unique. Now, I'm a guitar player, but I'm seeing this as something you can actually put into um, uh, any kind of mix elements via the radial XTC, EXTC, or Maris makes a really good 500 series uh, preamp that actually also acts as a um, an interface that you can uh, plug guitar pedals into uh, as you come on and go back into Pro Tools. So, um, and it reminds me of this. I don't know if you guys have seen this Microsoft video where they've actually played a MIDI keyboard through this giant Tesla coil. And I mean, it's so loud in this video that these guys are wearing hearing protection that you would on a tarmac of an airfield. Um, but um, the sound dire- sounds uh, directly from the coils, and it's reminiscent of this guitar pedal because it's kind of the same, uh, similar technology, I would say. So it looked pretty cool. Cool, and I'm asked them for a pedal uh, for review, and I will keep you posted. It does look like fun. This one, I, I saw it at Nam and went, "Ooh, it's it's filthy." That's for sure. Yeah, nice. Yep, Russ, how about you? I might have talked about this before, but I'm going to talk about it again. Frame.io, because they've just about, they're just about to release the next version of it, which is going to have 150 new features. Frame.io basically means you can send video or audio to a client. They can listen to it, and as they're listening to it, they can put annotation on it, and you get you can then download the annotation and do all the changes, which is brilliant. Because you know when you get an email going, oh, at two minutes in, the guitar could be, do with being a bit louder, or can you just, the vocal sounds a bit odd. And, you, and then they never write the email right, and you go through a string of load of emails. This is brilliant. It's just goes through the whole of the audio track or the video track or whatever you send to them. And I send people something like drum loops and stuff and say, what do you think of this? And they go, it's nice, but could change the snare. There's a free version of it, and there's a paid-for version. 
And it's changed my life when it comes to getting client approvals. Wow. Because they can go through and say, you know what, could we just chop this chorus out here and move it there? It's brilliant. Uh, you can try it out for free. Frame.io. Uh, and uh, yeah, never have an email with uh, the guitar's a bit weird about two minutes in kind of comments. <laughs> so it's not just for video though, right? Is there... Video and audio. Oh, you can, and, and the next version is going to be even better with audio as well. Huh. You can use it for anything, I, as I say. So if I'm going to send a client, let's say, uh, some examples of, let's say, uh, library music for something, I can send them all those and they can choose them and comment on them. And, and you get emails back and it appears that you can use it on your iPhone and your iPad. Uh, it's brilliant. Yeah, and I use it for audio and video. It's brilliant. Cool. Like and you that. can stop people downloading as well. So if you want to send them a, a test piece of audio, like a mix, you can send them the mix and they can't download it, but they can audition it online. Huh. Yeah. I'll be looking into that one. Cool. Check it out. Uh, and on that uh, note, it's good night from me. It's good night from me. And good night from here in the USA. Good night. <laughs>